because especially as an athlete, you travel to all parts of Ontario and Canada to play sports, especially with, when I was playing volleyball. Sometimes I would go into an en route, which is a bit in a more uh, emptier area of, of Ontario, for example. And you could tell it's for a smaller community. And I even had one person drive by and say, go back to your own country. And I'm like, I wasn't even doing anything. I was just literally driving. Um, and they saw a different saw my skin tone and thought that was appropriate because they were frustrated about something completely different. Hey podcast. I know it's been a while since I've posted, but I hope uh, everyone is staying healthy and staying safe during these challenging times. The next few episodes will be centered around the Black Lives Matter movement and the need for people like you and me to speak out against racial injustices that face the black community and people of color. I've spoken to current and former Western University student-athletes to make sure their voices are heard by all of you and that these issues can be understood better in hopes that more people can be educated on racial injustice. Today's episode, I talked to Olivia Goswaby, the Western women's football team quarterback and president and a neuroscience PhD candidate at Western. Please listen and educate yourself along the way. It's very much appreciated. All love to all of you. What is your goal or the ultimate goal of all the uh, social media campaigning after the murder of George Floyd and countless other African-Americans who have been mistreated because of the color of their skin? Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually impressed as well as, I, I, in a sense, personally, I'm, I'm elevated in a sense by all of the, the support online. So with the social media campaigning, and at least for me personally, um, sharing and tweeting and um, sharing stuff on Instagram, really highlighting this kind of injustice that has been systemic for years, right? Along with police brutality, as well as within the systems of anything, sport, um, schooling, etc. These social campaigns really bring to light kind of overall racism, especially in the Black community, but as well as in other marginalized groups, right? So the goal out of all of this, at least for me personally, it's, it's really just to start the conversation because social media is like surface level, right? Um, it's kind of the first step to one, bring awareness as to why, why is this a movement? Why is this something that is being talked about? Um, rippling through the country, rippling through the states, and ob obviously the world. Um, clearly a, a needed conversation because we start to realize or at least in the allies I've spoken to, they're realizing how little they knew about the history, how far back it goes, and how little has changed, or if there is progress, the number of sets that often go back. You know what I mean? So it's really just um, bringing this to the forefront, having these conversations, uh, making people realize that privilege is one thing, being an ally is another thing, being actually educated on the topic is something else. And when we look at social media, it's it's, its beauty is that it reaches a number of people. Um, it gets conversation going. We also learn who, who essentially isn't a part of this, who doesn't understand or realize their privilege, doesn't understand what their impact is in the movement, um, don't support it. We, we obviously see that as well, but also um, you see the number of allies. And I think the big thing that comes out of a movement such as this is the fact that people are cluing in, hey, I really know nothing. Um, and this is kind of a stepping stone to pushing people to learn more and why they want to be not only an ally for the black community, but other marginalized groups. So I think that's 
that's the main thing right now with the social media campaigning and people talking, people sharing, me personally sharing, um, because my experiences can, obviously isn't felt by everyone, but can be just by sympathizing and understanding that people have different upbringings, they dealt with different cards, and unfortunately skin color is one of them. Um, and being your background is a part of that and the history and the stereotypes that are associated with that really do shape people's perceptions of you and the fact that it takes years for things to change. Um, it's unfortunate, but I'm glad that the conversations are happening um, to the extent it is now, because clearly when we see lives are lost, there's an issue, obviously. Second, when people realize that they're ignorant, um, that's, that's important because now you're gonna be able to understand what other people are, where they're coming from, um, and why these issues exist. So I, I, that's what I would have to say to social campaign. I think it's the first step, but next is the actual action, right? Um, that's definitely the the big conversation that kind of turned three days after the social media, and then we're seeing kind of the action take place with obviously um, the proper uh, justice system coming into place with the arrest and actual charges on the on the cops involved in with George Floyd's case and then obviously bringing it to attention that there are other cases out there as well um, that really need justice and I, I can go on about the criminal justice system in the states and how it is definitely against um, the black community and in certain states with very little black uh, community in those states we see that they're actually representing most of those who are incarcerated so it's just it's really this conversation. It's brought more knowledge to me um, as well as allies, friends that I've spoken to. So uh, Tuesday or two days ago, Tuesday, uh, mm -hmm. it was Blackout Tuesday. Do you think yeah. that that initiative kind of worked in a way? I think it was an interesting perspective. I honestly woke up to it. I didn't really realize that this was something that was going to take place, a blackout Tuesday. And, and I think the thought of silencing out all the other noise was super important because now we're really bringing to the forefront why everyone is protesting, why everyone is sparking these conversations, why we really need to talk um, about the, the um, um, systemic racism, especially with the black community as well as other marginalized groups. So that's important. Again, another thing was, hey, um, we might be actually silencing the, the conversations we're already having by using the wrong hashtag. But um, I actually had a conversation with other people about this, especially in sports, about the fact that um, when there was this discussion about using the wrong hashtag, we started to realize that a lot of people are getting their information secondhand. They're getting it from social media. Um, they're relying on that to, to stay educated. And I think that brought two things to the forefront. One, we can silence out the other noise and put some emphasis on the discussion that's at hand. And two, we really need to ensure that people are actually getting um, educated outside of things like Instagram Explore or wherever the, the hashtag takes you. Um, that there is resources online. You can start supporting writers and historians that are, work uh, with the Black community, also are Black members uh, um, who are artists or writers, that's a great way to, to really learn about the community. Um, and it doesn't need to come from social media, but definitely being able to see kind of almost everyone that I am friends with posted, it really put into perspective how many people are behind the movement. Do you, uh, do you yourself as a uh, women's football player and a student athlete at Western, uh, do you see yourself as an ambassador for creating change against social injustice in your community? 
Oh, oh yeah, one hundred percent. I think it gives me a platform of of uh, that I can use to talk and communicate with other young black girls that are considering pursuing a career in a sport or wanting to continue to play a sport in their post-secondary education as well as being a student um, and pursuing a career in academia again i've talked about that before um, but being able to have kind of that as a foundation it gives me something to talk about so what i've noticed as an athlete being especially at western maybe it's similar in other places, but I, I honestly feel different sometimes, even within my own, um, with my own team. I'm actually one of the few colored people um, or black people represented on our team. And that improved significantly last year as well. We got a few more members who are also um, from the black community and that's what we need. We need that representation. We need those faces or else, how else are we supposed to inspire young kids to pursue that as well? Um, people of color or black kids as well to be able to see themselves playing uh, a sport especially even as a woman so yeah now you don't have to answer this but um, have you and or any of your loved ones been a direct victim of uh, racism in any way shape or form um, I definitely have um, right I come from a single mother household and my mom's, I'm, I'm half black, so my mom's actually Indian. So her form of racism is different. Um, yeah, I share it as well because again, I'm, I'm half Indian as well. So um, she has had her fair share of experiences of racism. I've had my own because I, I identify as a black woman, I come across as that. So you see it in your relationships, especially when dating, especially in university. Um, when I grew up in high school, I was actually very fortunate enough to not experience racism often, but I did do realize now that I reflect the number of microaggressions that I actually um, was exposed to. Um, and, and you kind of become numb to it and it's something you don't respond to all the time, but it does add up and you actually put into perspective the fact that technically I am, I was being stereotyped in that moment, um, not necessarily true. I've been to other parts, because especially as an athlete, you travel to all parts of Ontario and Canada to play sports, especially with, when I was playing volleyball. Sometimes I would go into an en route, which is a bit in a more uh, emptier area of, of Ontario, for example. And you could tell it's for a smaller community. And I even had one person drive by and say, go back to your own country. And I'm like, I wasn't even doing anything. I was just literally driving. Um, and they saw a different saw my skin tone and thought that was appropriate because they were frustrated about something completely different. Um, it's, yeah, and it always hits close to home because I'm like, oh yeah, I am different. I have to prepare myself to work harder for some of the things that I want to get or, or want to do just because I am a person of color. I'm a, a black woman and that's just the reality of things, especially when I'm wanting to pursue a career in academia as well as continue doing these things in sports. Um, yeah, so I can definitely say that racism is, is something that I become uh, unfortunately I've become a bit numb to but in the cases where uh, language is inappropriate um, or it's very blatant that's the time where I'm frustrated I either speak up or it's something I have to reflect on and say hey is this the is this the time and place to discuss this or can I handle it differently and discuss with this person and have a uh, um, a positive conversation about something like that on the side, uh, just because it is a delicate balance. And we always want to keep allies and we don't want to call people out all the time. So it's, it's a balance of both, right? Yeah. Now you uh, started talking about academia and uh, kind of the representation of ethnic minorities. What do you, mm -hmm. what, can, uh, what can you say about that? 
Well, I can tell you right, right away, right off the bat, as a PhD student in neuroscience, I think there's only three, um, three members of the Black community in that, in that program. I can, I can conclusively say that. So um, it's hard for me to find um, a role model or someone I can identify with, especially when I'm looking at faculty, there's, it's really hard to find a black woman teaching and educating in, in at least in my field of science at the faculty level. So finding an ally in that sense or a, a mentor in that sense is so hard. Um, and we need more faces of color, um, especially from the black community in academia in order for a young kid to be able to say, hey, that's what I want to be. I want to be a scientist. I want to be able to teach and lecture at a university level or I want to be a doctor. Um, again, there's so many programs that are starting to emerge to help support this. I, I've seen U of T's new um, program that is really encouraging more of the black community to apply. Um, and for example, I even was a, a mentor, a part of this uh, summer mentorship program at U of T as well when I was working there in Toronto and then what they do is they try to get young uh, youth in high school who are of black or indigenous descent to come out and actually learn more about science and have a project um, and experience what it's like to be in a career or um, research in STEM and that's the stuff that we need um, to be able to find those mentors to be able to encourage more uh, people of color to actually pursue uh, a post-secondary career um, and and to really represent those individuals as well is really important. And uh, we also talked earlier about um, the recent news of the McMaster lacrosse player who uh, said some pretty terrible tweets and uh what what can you say about that can you can you speak to that kind of racist behavior especially because it's coming from ontario yeah um that form of like blatant it was clear clearly racist tweets um those are like shocking to the core because it's like what where are you coming from to be able to say something like that do you not understand the gravity of of the words you're using, um, especially as a student, especially as a member of an institution and that institution also claiming that they want to encourage um, more diversity in their programs. They want to go against racism. They want to go against these injustices um, to support marginalized groups. Um, it says, one, are we educating our students, student athletes enough about kind of one, the history of any person of color in in sport the diversity of people of color um, especially the black community in sport um, what that does it says are we yeah are we educating each other enough um, were other people aware that this individual is is clearly racist um, has anyone had that conversation with them um, what was the response on on social media at the time and I think now when we're seeing other individuals tweet or post things on social media that are clearly racist and actually speaking up to that. It says that you people need to get a reality check. Like you have to check your privilege. You have to check kind of where your history is and what other people's history is um, and understand that racism is, it's, yeah, it's literally human rights. So <laughs> um, you can't, you can't, 
and it's frustrating because when you see it's a student athlete and these people are have a platform um, where they're respected by either their fellow athletes or by the community just because they're balancing both being a student and being an athlete and excelling in something and to one tweet or or share anything on social media that is clearly racist it's disappointing it's frustrating should we be supporting or allowing these students to one get scholarship um, and be leaders in our community I don't know that's where it really brings it into perspective um, especially because they have such a big platform now there was also the um, on uh, Fox News Laura Ingram who said in 2016 or 2018 that uh, LeBron really shouldn't have an opinion on politics and uh, what's what was going on with Colin Kaepernick and now recently yes today or yesterday she said that uh, Drew Brees who was kind of agreeing with her agenda that uh, apparently that whole anthem protest was about the flag and the military and all that which isn't true um, yeah. what, what do you have to say about that kind of hypocrisy that's going on uh, in the states and even Canada and the rest of the world yeah, hypocrisy, that's the key word there. Um, it really comes out. Uh, I don't think people are aware of what they've said in the past and what they're saying now and how that is kind of a cycle. So one, she responded to LeBron's uh, comments in a way that was clearly um, against what he was saying. And then this backed it up by saying that, hey, Drew Brees has the right to say what he wants to say. So it, it's really this full circle, um, kind of true colors come out when people start to 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 speak up on certain comments. Um, in this case, again, we're working with a lot of factors here, but we know that LeBron is is a, from the black community. We know that Drew Brees is not. Where is her support lying? For her, it may be subconscious. She's not realizing she has her own personal biases against people of color, her own internal um, racism, and can't admit it, especially because people are definitely calling her out on um, social media as well. So it says a lot. Um, hypocrisy is something that you, like, personally, I experience all the time. I'm like, hmm, you said something differently before. Now you're saying this now. Um, it's frustrating because, again, maybe if they took that in and found a new perspective, did their own history, their own research, understood why people were actually kneeling for the flag, maybe it would have changed things. But I don't know where her support's coming from. And hypocrisy is clearly um, not just true to her, but to many individuals. Uh, again, there's things that you start to realize the gravity of, um, especially now when we start having this dredged up support and people really uh, criti criticizing in a way that is somewhat productive of what people are saying and then actually for for me when I've numbed it for so long I'm like okay yeah this is this is what we need we need more allies to speak up because clearly when sometimes someone from the black community says something it doesn't hit as hard um, yeah so that's that's what I have to say hypocrisy is just the key word it, it's something that we experience all the time now, uh, for people like me who are white or non-black, what is kind of our next step for to help in the fight against racial injustice? So the next step is, I've, I've posted about this on social media, is I think the one thing is really educating yourself. Um, because yes, you can, 
for many, they understand that this is morally wrong, it's incorrect to be racist, it's incorrect for these injustices to happen to certain groups um, while not experiencing it yourself. But to understand where that's really coming from and how it's been a part of our history for the number for a number of years, dating uh, hundreds of years back, um, will really help put that into perspective to actually allow you to kind of sympathize with yourself in that, those shoes to understand where um, you've kind of been lucky uh, in a sense, again, this idea of privilege. Yet, a, yet a, what I'd like to add is the fact that you are, or anyone um, who's non-Black or a person of color understanding one, maybe you've experienced your own forms of racism. Picture that in a group that experiences it all the time. Or maybe you've had your own injustices and other things how would some, how would that um, how would you defend yourself in that situation? Why and see why other individuals are doing the same for themselves, um, and remaining an ally. So finding ways to support. It's either joining an organization, supporting um, the Black community, either through businesses, through education, um, identifying your own biases, um, your own maybe internalized stereotypes that you didn't realize you had, um, seeing where that comes from and understanding that, that's super important. Again, educating yourself is, is key and not everything has to be monetary if you're looking to support. Again, be invested in the movement, um, learn more about it, see ways you can support, um, see ways you can uh, join your fellow uh, person of color or member of the black community and see if you can actually uh, be there for them. So like I can reflect back to a lot of my friends in the last week have been actually messaging me seeing how I'm doing um, Even telling me that they didn't realize how far back or how um, intense this racism is for us For the black community, especially and I think that really puts into perspective um, people who are trying to understand and asking hey check me if there's a point where I'm like saying something that is clearly incorrect tell me because i may not even realize it and it's in by learning that and understanding from your perspective that's where things will actually change um a bit more change for themselves and change how they communicate that to other people so that's that's what i would have to say just keep keep yeah like i can give examples where um a friend she's european she understands that there are some uh, forms of racism, racism she's experienced, but also realizing that this is amplified in some other groups, right? Other um, uh, marginalized groups and asking me, hey, is this the right way to approach a situation? Is this the right way to have this conversation? I wanna be a part of this movement. How do I best approach this? What is the best way to communicate my perspective um, to show that I'm actually sympathizing um, uh, trying to check my privilege, trying to um, hit the nail on the head with some of the points that I'm trying to make and to speak up, that's that's key, right? Having these conversations, um, especially with your friends that are from the Black community, for example, having those conversations and being, being able to approach the, the discussion in a um, productive way. Now, just before I do the next question, this could end mm -hmm. any minute, but I'm not sure. I could end in 10 minutes. Um, oh, no it's 501. It says it was until five, but I guess it's going to go until maybe 510. So hopefully there's only, there's only one more question anyways. So, uh, so what does, what does Western and if, and if it cuts off, we'll just redo the question and everything else yeah. is recorded already. But um, what does Western and or the city of London have to do right now to kind of make your voice heard and the voices of other people of color heard and ultimately 
create real change for their affected communities? Um, again, Western has a department for equity, diversity, and inclusion, so EDI, um, really trying to one, bring in members from the black community or from marginalized groups to have these conversations with them and be a part of the decision making. That's super important at an institutional level. Of course, I'm speaking about Western here um, and supporting and encouraging more um, members of, of the black community as well as other marginalized groups to actually um, attend Western, um, supporting that and really highlighting areas where they've gone wrong like that's okay being able to say sorry and acknowledge that a mistake has happened in the past so i know western has had a history of of um allowing for example a professor back in the 80s and 90s to do research on um on looking at how members of the black community are less intelligent are um again not at the <laughs> Yeah, so I, I don't know that in heavy detail, obviously, but I know that there's been clear um, systemic racism in the past with, within institutions and being able to say, sorry, acknowledging it and creating avenues to better support um, uh, people of color, especially black community is, is key. Um, one thing I always say is scholarship is always important. Um, I know Western does, currently does not offer any scholarship for uh, members of the black community, for example, or other marginalized groups in this, um, directly. So being able to open those doors up might help encourage more um, youth to want to go to an institution such as that. For the London community, um, one is allowing for, again, peaceful protests, allowing us to actually have a voice and uh, discussion for our MP, for example, to to reach out to different um, uh, um, associations that represent these marginalized groups, having conversations with them, seeing where change needs to be made, and actually implementing those. Um, yeah, so it's tough unless you're unless the, the discussions are being had to find areas of improvement. Again, um, I'm not the, the person who can identify where London or Western has exactly gone wrong because I don't know the history and how far back that goes, but for, for them to review, bring in the right people to have these conversations with and understanding that um, it's okay to say sorry and finding ways to actually make change or change that is super important. That's uh, basically it for me for my questions. Did you have anything yeah. to kind of add? Um, I guess, I don't know. Um, I think what's kind of cool in this time period is, like I said, I, I brought it up a bit earlier, um, being in a, a more leadership role and kind of a sports association really put into perspective of, of um, politics, I would have to say, um, because we have to have conversations about how we best address this issue of racism and and clearly showing that we're against racism and being able to um, say that appropriately and having conversations and hearing from other sports groups saying that we have to kind of filter ourselves um, to not lose position, to not lose support from obviously people in higher power that might have this form of, might actually be racist or have a, uh, are built on systemic racism it's that's a really interesting perspective that i've never actually had before being in the decision making process so that's why i want to encourage anyone in the black community or people of color to really focus on finding ways to put yourself in a position to be able to make um, decisions that will impact not only 
people from your own community, but everyone as a whole. So I think that's um, really important to do, um, or at least support the people who might be in that position. Um, I think that's really key as well as finding those educators, finding those leaders that have a voice, have a platform and bring them along to really be um, an ally and voice. So that's, that's been cool. And having some of the members from my, um, from our league to come up to me and ask me, how is it, how can we best approach, approach the situation? How do we show our solidarity, solidarity and do it in the most effective way possible? That also ensures that our group is protected um, and we can continue to do the things we do and keep our platform at a high level without, without these other outside unfortunate uh, barriers that could actually knock us down. It's always a thing that we have to take in as a factor, which is wild in my opinion, but yeah, politics. Lot of sleepless nights, ayy. Lot of sleepless nights. I've been on my ground for a minute. When your time has no limit, you gon' shine. Lot of sleepless nights. Hey, sports fans. Hope you learned a little something from that episode. Remember to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. And subscribe to my YouTube channel for more content and news in your sports world. Thanks for listening and see you soon.